0: I really appreciate those guys. I was going to preach on the power of praise today, what praise is and how we are to praise and things like that, but God dropped this word in my spirit. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. If God thought it significant enough to give it to me, I hope you find it significant enough to write with a ballpoint pen or your phone. Write this at the top of the page. The goal is small. The goal is small. Over and over in Scripture, we see that the kingdom that we belong to, the new identity that which we live in, is an upside-down kingdom. In other words, Jesus says, okay, you want to be great. You must serve. Okay, you want to do something significant. Do the most insignificant thing that you think is possible. Jesus says to his disciples, we've neglected this. And and they said, Lord, when did we ever see you Needy. When did we ever see you in prison? When did we ever see you hungry? And he said, what you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Jesus placed priority and significance on the small. And I would say this, in the kingdom of God, the most significant things are the things that we deem insignificant. The things that we place priority on in our lives in the kingdom actually are pretty insignificant. And the things, according to the word of God, that are the most significant in this world are the most insignificant in the kingdom of God. Let me build my case a little bit further. Matthew 20, verse 16 says, so the last will be first and the first last. Luke 14, Jesus gives the story. Of When you go to a wedding Around verses 8 through 10 That when you go to a wedding You should actually choose the lowest seat So that you will not lose your honor The desire and the placement And the value is on the small Everybody say the small Turn to your neighbor and say this My goal is small How about this verse 2 Corinthians chapter 12, two verses, starting in verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your... Well, wait a second. I thought we were supposed to be strong Christians. I thought we were supposed to be mighty men. I thought we were supposed to be great and powerful. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my. Paul wants to lost his penny cost for something here. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with my weaknesses. Wait a second. Wait a second, Paul. You obviously, you obviously didn't get the doctrine on we're supposed to be moving from glory to glory, faith to faith. You obviously are lacking in your exegesis of the book of Exodus. You obviously are lacking on that the power of God's supposed to make us great. And Paul says, no, actually, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He says, I'm content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Paul's saying here, the lower I go, the more that Jesus gets lifted up. The smaller I get, the bigger the glory of God gets. The more I go low and prefer other people, the more that God says, that's a person I can trust with my power. The more that I work on building somebody else's dream and vision, that's when God says, now I can help fulfill your dreams and vision. See, the power of the gospel is in sacrifice, not in what you consume. Last night, I beat up on our youth pretty good. I'll just tell you, we had a day of ministry yesterday. It was 14 hours long. By the time I was preaching, I preached a message on the guys, and men need a good kick in the batteries these days. And I could summarize the message like this. The way that you treat God's daughters is the experience of the goodness of God that you'll experience 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Anyways, there's a recording last night, and the audio is in the beginning bad and in and, and the end bad. There's a buzz, but the middle of it, which is probably the goodness of God. God's probably like, you know what, son? I don't want you to get kicked off of Facebook yet, so I'm just going to mess with the sound guy a little bit. Praise God. In the kingdom of God, smallness is Significance. Smallness is significance. On the flip side of things, the Bible says it is the little foxes that spoil the vine. Can I, can I throw this at you just as a little curveball before we dive deeper into this? Um, you probably won't leave this place today, get mad at somebody, and murder them. Typically, a murderer is not made in a moment. They're usually made out of a lifetime or years and years of compound interest on hatred they have for somebody else. Men typically don't just commit adultery, they usually have a long list of a porn life before they do. 40% of the evangelical church has a problem with porn. I would say that 40% of men, but they're not men. That's a boy who can shave. You can catch the recording from last night. Praise God. All right. Here's three areas that we should be small in. Three areas we should be small in. Number one, small in self. Small in self. Everybody give a hand for Nathan and, and the crew of the media back there. Look, at they're putting the points up. I gave them those points, by the way, at 9.15 this morning. Praise God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let me just tell you something. I'm really bad in this area. You cut me off in traffic. I want to follow you to your destination (laughs) to make you know how more insignificant it was of you to prefer that traffic lane... And to cut my... I, I had somebody yesterday cut me off and I hit a traffic light. You have no idea. And when you got a van full of teenagers and you want to get out and justify your case, not you guys. I'm, I'm sure this is just me. This is just self-confession. You guys are just wonderful. When somebody cuts you off, you bless them and you say how wonderful they are and you, you, you point them up to heaven and things like that. You show them a special finger. We can't do that today. All right, Wonderful. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. If somebody, imagine this, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you're standing in line at the grocery store. You got kids. I, I have, my, my son turned three yesterday, Clayton. My other son's a year and a half old. So a trip to the grocery store for us, we thank God extra for Instacart and Walmart delivery and Walmart pickup and all that stuff because trying to go to Walmart with, with, with toddlers, I don't know how my parents did it with three of us. I really don't. I don't know how my grandparents did it with four. I really don't. And I don't know how my my great grandparents did it with 12. I have no idea. It's a miracle to me. But could you imagine standing in line at the grocery store and somebody says, hey, 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 and pushes their cart and says, listen, I'm more significant than you, and starts putting their items down. Do you think this would, you you think you'd be like, oh, praise God, thank you, Lord. I'm just so thankful. This selfish person (laughs) cut me off. See, being small in self means that God's glory gets magnified. John 3 and verse 30, John said, He must increase, speaking of Jesus, but I must decrease. Matthew 6, verses 2 through 4 actually says that when you give to the poor, not to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. You know what really ticks me off? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to find out anyways. You know what really ticks me off? When people go down and feed the poor and they have to take a selfie. <laughs> Check it out. Hey, look at us. Look at us doing ministry. Amen. You're pathetic. That's all the reward you'll ever get. Congratulations. You're three likes on Facebook because no one considers your life significant. Is all is all you'll ever get. So I hope I hope it was nice while it lasted. Hey, look at us guys. We're down here feeding the poor. Oh, look at these people. Look how they live. It's pathetic. You know, you're the pathetic one, because you're not shaming them. You're shaming Jesus, because he said, "What you do the least of these, you've done to me." Now that you've shamed the least of these, you've shamed Christ. It's not ministry, and it doesn't consider according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't look at that and say, oh, congratulations, guys. That's wonderful. That's ministry. He says, no, that's shameful. Matter of fact, you'd be better off not serving the poor if you have to selfie with the poor. Amen. Sorry, I have a burr in my saddle about that. Look at look, look, look what I did. Look, look, look at the way these people live. Isn't it pathetic? Missionaries who come. Look at these kids. They're starving. And you can... You know what, my wife and I feed a certain amount of kids every month, and it's sacrificial. You're never gonna hear me get up and say, listen, we you know we feed, we feed so many kids a month and then we can't do it. No, you wanna know why? Because I'm not gonna shame those kids. Amen. Amen. Because what I do to them, I'm doing to Christ. Because in the kingdom, small is significance. You might think, oh, that 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 come on, Kyle, you should just be thankful that they're doing something. I'm not. I'm not. Because it's a display of pride And I'm not going to sit here and say Oh wonderful, yeah that's great You gave them a cold sandwich But yet you had to display your pride to everybody On Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat It's not cute And it's not funny Everybody say that. Say, what I, what I do In secret, in secret. Will, be will be shouted From the mountaintops Emphasis on secret. My wife and I have been in the grocery store before. Somebody behind us. Single mom buying formula. My wife has said, it's time. Okay. Tell the cashier, her groceries too. I don't sit up there and say, oh man, look at this. We're going to get a Facebook Live going on this. Little, see this woman right here? You know, look at, she can't pay for her groceries and here we are. We're just... We're not going to do that because what I do in secret, God will reward openly and publicly. You know what I found? That when I I take care of people who are poor, when I take care of kids, when I take care and people don't know, I've never had to lack for food. I've never had to wonder where my next meal is coming from. See, because what you do in secret, God will reward openly. small in self. Considering yourself less significant than others? Oh, we understand that when it's, when it's, when it's a dignitary, but we don't understand that when it's the, leaf, the least, the left, and the lonely. And can I just say, I'm probably the worst person in this area that when somebody comes to me, they're poor, they need food, my first thought goes to, what are they addicted to? Uh, not you guys, it's just me, I'm sure. I'm sure that. Why, why, why can't you get a job? Nobody else thinks that way, it's just me. That's just my depraved mind. Anybody else? Somebody comes up and says, hey, can I borrow five bucks? My, my father taught me this. Let's go to McDonald's. I'll do you better. I'll get you $10 worth of food. Amen. Then you know it's not going up their veins. Amen. But you know what? What I, what I witnessed as a kid is when every time my dad would do that, he, he never called up the board members and said, hey, listen, I just used my credit card to pay for uh, th- this guy, this homeless guy. And one time we were in Kentucky, and there, there was a guy who, who came up, and we, we were at National Fine Arts. It was 2012, I think it was. Kentucky. And this guy came up to us at, at, at a McDonald's and he said, hey, he said, I'm, I, I really need food. He said, can you, know, you guys spare a couple bucks? And my dad said, I'll tell you what. He said, stand in line with my family and order whatever you want. And the guy ordered a lot of food. Here's what really blew me away. My dad then said, why don't you come over and sit down with us? And this guy was not exactly uh, uh, the kind of person you want to sit down with. That spoke more clearly to me at 16 years old than I think that most things that my father ever did spoke to me. What I saw was not only am I willing to buy this guy food, he sat down with him. We prayed together as a family. I don't know, dad, if you remember this. We prayed together as a family and my dad began to inquire with him about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you a question. Has my dad ever told that story from the pulpit? No, No. because he's not one of these wonderful people who need Jesus, who every time they help somebody, they gotta have some pat on the back. Because it's about being selfless and not selfish. Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke chapter nine. I'm going to give you a ton of scripture today. They're vying for significance with Jesus. By the way, anybody else get a little ticked off when you read that in the scriptures? They're like, I want to sit with you. With I want to sit in your throne, Jesus. Jesus is like, no, that's not, that's not for you. <laughs> he says this. You want to know what significance is? Yeah, Lord, we want to know. All right, I'll tell you what religious leaders, disciples, following him, studying with him, eating with him, sleeping with him. And he takes a little child and he says, this will be the greatest in the kingdom of God because small is big. Musically, less is more. My son Clayton, three years old in one day, he is a live wire with a capital L, kind of like his mom. And so when when he is around, his presence is known. I'll just put it that way, right? We thank God extra for the nursery and the, and the kids' workers and everything, everything like that. And I'll just say this. My son probably tries their patience a little bit. But if someone came to me and said, I want to see significance, and they took three-year-old Clayton, who... Is pretty advanced for his age. He can make sentences and things like that, but you know, he's not solving the world's nuclear shortage. He's not, he's not splitting an atom. Or, or, and they said, this is significance. Because small is big. Jesus didn't say that they would be great in the kingdom. Jesus said that children would be the greatest in the kingdom. How about this? I, I don't know, I, I must have hit a, a, a snag there, you know. I've had teenagers come to me and say, why in the world that every time that Jesus heals somebody, he would tell them, don't go and tell anybody? You ever wonder that? Somebody comes up to Jesus, Jesus heals them, leprosy, and he says, don't tell anybody about it. But wait a second, Jesus, you must not be very Pentecostal because we're supposed to take a picture and a healing testimony and the person's holding their crutches and the person's holding their wheelchair. And Jesus says, no, I don't want anybody to know about it. And how about this? Then his disciples go and operate in the same authority and the same power. And he says, don't rejoice that these things are happening. Rejoice that your name is recorded in the Lamb's book of life because small is big. He said rejoice over some letters in a book in heaven more than you rejoice that all of hell obeys your command because small is big 1 Corinthians chapter 1 For consider your calling brothers not many of you were wise according to worldly standards not many were powerful not many were of noble birth And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Everybody say this. Say, small self. I know a missionary laid hands on somebody who had a a brain tumor. Brain tumor disappeared like that. I said, you got to put that on social media. You got to put that in your newsletter. He said, no. He said, I'd rather not. So, what your your supporters would like to know, he said, some things are just left unsaid because small is big. The second second area that we should be small in is this small task. Small task. I know this is a very different message. I understand that. I was gonna preach a real rip-roar, praise, shouting message today, which some of you wouldn't have liked anyways, so just be happy that you're getting this today. Praise God. Small task. These stairs right here. You ever think about stairs when you walk upstairs? Anybody here ever consider, man, wow, look at that. They're vacuumed. Wow, oh, praise God. No, you don't think about stairs. How about, how about when you go to the restaurant, maybe later on, maybe, maybe you're not dining in, who knows, but maybe you dine in, your waiter comes over. Do you look at your waiter or your waitress and say, wow, the way they serve is so godly. Anybody here ever think that? Probably not. 1 Kings chapter 10 contains this story of the queen of Sheba coming to visit Solomon and observing the excellence and the wisdom of God and the goodness of God on display through his life. And this is what she says. And I'm paraphrasing 1 Kings chapter 10. This is homework for you. She says, "'The way that your carpenters built the stairs, the way that your waiters waited on us at the table, the way that your chefs prepared the food that was on the table— Cause me to believe in God. I have this conversation with young people a lot. They'll say, I'm called to ministry. Wonderful. Do you mean full-time, vocational, five-fold ministry? Or do you mean that you could be the best carpenter in Lackawanna County and and, and the county says, you know what, we need to bring this guy in, need to bring this girl in, and she's going to build for us a staircase and by it is going to show the excellencies of our God. Imagine, just put, yourself, just put yourself in the carpenter's shoes here for a second. By the way, Jesus was a carpenter. Just put yourself in, in their shoes. They studied their whole life on different types of a wood, Acacia wood and, and the different uh, uh, excellencies of nard and all this stuff and stain. And I, I couldn't tell you the first thing about Acacia wood. Couldn't do it. But they studied this stuff their whole entire life and, and, and they studied and prepared and worked in excellence and, and tried different things and maybe something didn't work out and all of a sudden there, there, there's a knock and it says, Hi, it's a delegation from King Solomon. We observe you to be the greatest woodmaker in the kingdom and the king would like to have an appointment with you. With me, I'm a carpenter. So you go, you stand before the king and the king says... I've observed your work, and it's excellent, best of the best, top shelf, and now I'm asking you to build me a very specific staircase that goes from my throne all the way to the temple of God. Are you up for the task? He didn't seek a preacher. He didn't seek an evangelist. He didn't seek anybody like that. He sought. Carpenter And the carpenter's work displayed the goodness of God and and caused the queen of Sheba to then believe that there is a God in heaven. What is the way the small tasks that we think are insignificant are actually the things that God says they're very significant and I want to display my goodness and my excellence through them? Small task? Building a set of stairs? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you can ask Gary. I'm... Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how long it takes to build a set of stairs. I, I couldn't build a set, a set of toothpicks. You know, I I don't know. You know. But I'd imagine, in the grand scheme of a kingdom, it's a small task. Big results. You better believe it. Small task. How about this? When God wanted to to to, to slew the 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 giant named Goliath, he, he picked a, a shepherd boy? An insignificant... His brothers even said, where are those few sheep that you're supposed to be watching? They didn't even say sheep. They made sure to know how few sheep that he was in charge of. And yet, he went from in charge of a few sheep to being the greatest king in Israel because small is significance. When God wanted a a mighty man of valor, he found him hiding in a threshing floor, and his name was Gideon. And he considered himself small, but God knew that he was a great man of war because small is significance. There is this movement called the Jesus Movement in the 70s great movement, and I'm not throwing stones at it. But if there was an issue in it, it was that instead of us raising up great men of God and sending them to law, sending them to medical, sending them to government, sending them to carpentry, sending them as plumbers, sending them as arborists, sending them as, we, we sent a lot of people into ministry, as in with pastor attached to their name, instead of them pastoring, where God has put them. And now 50 years later, 51 years later, we're now living where now the wickedness is exalted in our universities, in our government, and we wonder why. The next move of God, we can't miss it. We can't miss it to send our sons and daughters to be doctors and lawyers and carpenters and plumbers. We we can't miss it. We can't miss it to put them in in the schoolhouse. We can't miss it to put them in the universities. We can't miss it to put them on the medical field. We can't miss it to, you know, people are all freaked out about things that are happening right now. But what if there was Holy Ghost filled people who are there making those decisions instead of the bozos we have making those decisions? Because small is big. Never let the size of your start determine the impact of your life. Never let the size of your start impact the, I'm sorry, determine the impact of your life. How about this one, Matthew 25, 23. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Or when you've been faithful in the little things, I will make you ruler over much. Because small is significant. Everybody say "Small small task. Lastly today. Small mission. Small mission. Jesus says, Man, I really need to drive the point home here. One of the greatest chapters on the lost in the Bible is a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. Lost sheep, that which produces, lost coin deals with the financial, lost son. It has to do with legacy. The lost sheep, Jesus says, I would rather us leave the 99 and go after the one because that's significance. If, I'll tell you this. If every person is graduating Bible college and things like that, if I was to tell them, um, okay, you can disciple 10,000 or you can reach one. What would you rather do? Jesus says the significance is in the one. The significance is in the one. But all I do is teach a Sunday school class. The significance is in the one. But but, but all I do is, is just, I'm just faithful at home. The significance is in the one. I just think that our value system needs to get rearranged to put more significance in the one. Heaven's gates and hell's flames, consider your one. Your workplace, consider your one. Your family, consider your one. Because Jesus says, I, I, we're happy with the 99 who are righteous, but there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who stay the same who don't backslide, who don't run away. Jesus says that all of heaven goes into crazy shouts of praise and excellence because of one sinner who was found over one prodigal who comes home over one lost coin that we go and rejoice and say, I finally found that which was left lost and lonely over the one is significance because in the kingdom of God, the significance is not in the 99. The significance is in the one. In your life, your significance is in your one. I believe that the catalyst will turn out students who preach to stadiums, who who disciple nations, but I also believe we're going to turn out great moms and dads, great martyrs for the gospel of Jesus Christ, because small is significant. How I parent testifies of the goodness of God. Because small is significant. Leaving the 99 to get the one seems ridiculous until you are that one. Leaving the 99 seems ridiculous until somebody you love is that one. Let me throw another story at you. I know it's a lot of scripture. It's kind of topical, but God sees an army, 22,000, and he says, too big. What? More is many. Many is more. What do you mean, Jesus? What do you mean? Uh, too big. Okay, we'll, 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 just, we'll just curtail it down a little bit. He, want, he doesn't want 22,000. We'll get 10,000. Uh, too much. What? Lord, do you know the task that's before us? We need, we need, a a warm body is better than anybody, you know? We, 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 we need something. Uh, you need 300. What? 300? Yeah, because in the kingdom, 300 is more than 22,000. Because we have an upside down kingdom that the smaller is actually the significant. The little things in our life that we think are just, I don't have to read my Bible this, this one day, the small things are significant. You and God are a majority. You and God are a majority. You and the world are a minority, a losing minority. In the kingdom of God, value is not considered because somebody reached so many. Value is considered in this. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I used to believe as a young man, and I'm still a young man, somebody told me recently, they said, you'll stop being a young man when you're 40. But then, I observed the way my dad works at 55, and I think he outworks us all on the staff, so I don't know, you know? I mean, I guess guess we'll, we'll all be young until we go home to be with Jesus, you know? I used to believe that significance was in the amount of people that you could reach. There's significance in that, But the greater kingdom significance is not in how many you preach to. The greater kingdom significance is in hearing these words Well done, my good and faithful servant. How about this? God looked at the world and he said, I want to save that world. All right, Lord, what do you want to do? Do you want to send legions of angels down? We could take over, we could set up a government. It'll be great, it'll be wonderful, it'll be a theocracy. No, I want to send a baby in a manger because small is significance. I want to send a humble servant, Mark 10, 45. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many because small is significance. I want to send somebody who's going to die a criminal's death, though they'd never sinned, they became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Because small is big. My father, and I've heard my grandmother say this as well, little in the hands of God is much. Little in the hands of God is much. Sometimes when I preach to our youth, I think, Lord, you changed the world with 12. But we're trying to change northeastern Pennsylvania with Our youth, we want to change the world without being changed by the world. That's what we say, we're the catalyst. We want to change the world without being changed by the world. It's a playoff of changing our world together. Sometimes look at our students. I'm a youth pastor, I see the good, I see the not so good, and I see the ugly when they wake up in the morning and they overslept because they're up all night on Snapchat, okay? I see them come in for fine arts going like this. I'm never up this early. It's eight o'clock. You're never up this early? There's two eights in the clock. I don't know if you know this. I thought you got to sleep in today. I see the good, I see the bad, and I see the not so good looking. Yet in the kingdom, small is significant. some of my greatest heroes in the faith don't have a Zondervan book deal. Their face isn't on the cover of Christianity today. They don't have a blog with Charisma. They don't have a top program with TBN. They don't have a church of 20,000, but they faithfully pastor a community and give their life to it. They faithfully serve a village. They faithfully pray for their pastors and their family. They faithfully send text messages when their church is in the news. They faithfully stand and come and tithe and bring their friends and share the gospel and live a Christ-centered life. My heroes in the faith are not those who are preaching to stadiums. They are those who are leading their families well, who are serving at their church well, who are tithing, who are giving, and are the backbone of the local church and community. My heroes in the faith are not necessarily people who can pack out stadiums. They are those who pray for their pastors continually. People like Dauphine Coleman, she comes to me and she, she hugs me and says, I'm praying for you. That, that does more for me than what I think anybody will ever realize. Because in the kingdom of God, you and God are a majority. When I was a teenager, I stayed at my grandparents' house, 445 in the morning. I wake up and I hear my grandmother crying saying, Lord, use Kyle in a powerful way. I pray, God, that you would continue to pour out your spirit on them, that you would use them, you would guide them and direct them and give them wisdom, even from a young age, Lord. I I told a man of God the other day on the phone, I said, I can't take credit for what's going on because it's the prayers and the sacrifice of my parents, my grandparents, and those in the church. Because small is significant. In the 9 a.m. service, you guys are some of the greatest volunteers the Catalyst has. What do you mean? Because you faithfully pray for the next generation of young people. They might not ever hear you preach, but when you pray for them and you stand with them and and you, you display what a godly family unit looks like, you are changing the world without being changed by the world small is significant. Matthew chapter 7. I'm almost done. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does my will does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do many works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. So wait a second. When people come on television, they prophesy. It's not a testimony of their salvation. God used an ass. He can use you too. Matter of fact, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Just because God uses you does not mean that you're right with God. Jesus said, there's going to be people who actually stand and say, Lord, but I prophesied, and it happened, and and I, I did this, God, and I led people to you, and I cast out devils. I laid my hands on the sick, and the sick recovered. And, and, and we did all these things, signs and wonders and miracles. And it was wonderful. It was a charismatic Pentecostal dream list of revival. And he will actually turn and say, depart from me. I never knew you. You did it, but I didn't know you. You know what the difference is? You can have sex with a prostitute, but you don't have a relationship with her. You can use God as a booty call, but you do not have a relationship with him. And I'm not trying to be coarse. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't, don't rejoice what, by what you produce. Rejoice that Jesus had personal interest in your life. I stand before God one day. You know what's going to matter more than the amount of people that I've laid hands on? You know what's going to matter more than the amount of sermons I preached? How I treated my wife on earth. How I raised my boys will have more significance than the amount of disciples I had. How I was when I was justified to prefer myself over other people will matter more than the words I've spoke from a pulpit. In a back room somewhere, at a church somewhere, when I have the opportunity to then step into the spotlight instead of prefer somebody else, will matter way more than a thousand words I could speak from this holy desk. Because small is significant. The position of my heart will matter more than the the work of my hands. It's important, but it's not as important. It probably seems insignificant for you at times to pray for your child, your grandchild. I'm sure my grandparents have felt that before. I felt that before as as a dad. I lay hands on my boys, I hug like this. I say, "Touch them, Lord," and they'll get this little smile on their face. Or Clayton will go over and say, "Go to Carson," and go, "Touch him, Lord." (laughs) And sometimes it seems it's, it's insignificant. It's it's you know when you have kids, it's it's long days, it's late nights, it's early mornings. Sleep, what is that? Is that an S word? Is that the thing that my parents said I shouldn't use in church? And it seems insignificant, but God says, small is significant. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul? Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world. Jeff Bezos, one of the richest men in the world. Vaccine Bill Gates, one of the richest men in the world. Sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) Very insignificant, if they forfeit their soul. There's a preacher who who just, he's dead, he's been his, his, you know, he's been dead for six months or more. Comes out, one of the greatest minds of our generation, yet his private life was a mess. What does it profit a man? What does it profit a man to go to Stanford University and dumbfound the greatest tried doctorates on the university, yet at home, you don't treat your wife well? My grandfather would come into my office. I got rebuked twice this week for things my brother said. It's just wonderful. He came in. He said, hey, you said this in a sermon. And I got to tell you, it wasn't right. I said, all right, lay it on me. I want to know. And he says, and I'm not going to say what it was. He said, you said this, this, and that. He said, but that's, that's not what the Bible says. And I said, I think you had me confused with Tyler because he <laughs> preached that, and that wasn't me. <laughs> Somebody else came to me. They said, you did really good preaching this morning. So oh, thank you so much. But that wasn't me. That was my brother. They said, but there was one thing that you said that was not right. I said, that wasn't me. That, and they just they went on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I told my brother, I said, when I got in the office, he said, you owe me two. He said, what? I said, I caught two of your tongue lashings this week, so you owe me two. <laughs> Monday morning, I went, went to breakfast with my grandfather. I, he had to get his car detailed. I, I picked him up. We went to breakfast together. He'll be 91 this summer. And it's almost impossible with my grandfather because he displays us so well but I try not to talk a whole lot because I want to listen to the wisdom that he has. Yet the whole time he puts the ball in your court because he considers others more significant because small is big. I know a woman who had a job with the city of San Francisco. She made $171,000 a year before she walked away from her job. That doesn't count her husband's income either, who was a, I'll just say he was in law enforcement. And yet she pastors a village with no running water and loves on the people every day. And she told me, I, she said, because I, you know, I, I prodded, I said, what'd, what'd you do? She's an old, older woman, what, what'd you do? She said, I used to work for San Francisco. So that's, a, that's an expensive place to live. She said, yeah. I said, well, you know, the wage is good. And she said, well, I made 171000 the last year I worked there for the city, of San Francisco. And she gave it all up to serve as a widow in a village with no running water, with people who don't look like her, in a culture that's not hers. That's a hero to me. Amen. One, of, one of my closest friends in my life, he, he could pick up the phone and he could preach any youth conference. He, he could preach at any church. He, but he chooses to stay small. He would say things like this to me. He'd say, Kyle, he would say, I want you to be small. And I would say, I feel like rebuking you. You shouldn't say things like that to me. And he'd say, no. I want you to be small. Because success isn't determined by the amount of people who follow you. Success will be determined by these words that you'll hear Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done my will. If God's will for you is to be a home builder, or if God's will for you is to serve your kids. If God's will for you, men, is to lay down your life as Christ laid down his life for the church, for your wives. If God's will for you is to serve, it doesn't mean small vision. It doesn't mean small impact. It just means in the eyes of the world, it seems so insignificant. I heard a man of God one time say, what a waste of a gift. Somebody go pastor a a small place like that. No, it's not a waste of the gift because we're chasing this. Well done. My whole life, My whole ministry, my whole marriage, my whole fatherhood, my whole business, everything will boil down to this. When I look at God, when I stand before him one day, I don't know if I'll be standing, I don't know if I'll be face down. When I get before God one day and I've been striving and working and everything will boil down to this. It will not boil down to how much I had in the bank. It will not boil down to what I produce. It won't boil down to anything like that. My life will boil down to this significance. Son, why should I let you enter into my kingdom and my glory? He's not going to ask me about Instagram followers. He's not going to ask me about Facebook friends. He's not going to ask me about viewers in the live stream. He's not going to ask me about negative news reports. He's not going to ask me who was president. He's not going to ask me if I took this or I didn't take this or if I wore this or didn't wear that. He's going to ask me this. Why should I let you enter into my kingdom and my glory? You have to understand, as a young man, to know that my life will boil down to either this, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. This takes away all excuses to not do what God has called us to do. Amen. God's not going to ask you how many Netflix episodes you watched. He's not going to ask you that you beat everybody else to the buffet. If they have buffets. Open. I don't know. I'm not really a buffet guy. He, did you accomplish the father's will? My dad's side is all ministry, not just dad and grandpa and brothers, but uncles and cousins. My mom's side is, is business, but people who are faithful to the church. People who are the first people. My, my, my grandpa George came in my office the other day, and he said one of the most significant things I've heard somebody say all week. He said, I noticed the dumpster was overflowing and there's some things on the ground. So I went and picked them up and put them in the dumpster. And he didn't say that to say, look at what I did. He said that to say, what's wrong with the dumpster people? They better go get the dumpster. (laughs) And that was one of the most significant things I heard somebody say all week. I've, I've told the young people this before. Don't expect God to anoint you with words of knowledge if you can walk past a piece of trash on the ground in the house of God and not pick it up. Because small is significant. I wonder what small things in our life that we consider just small. It's insignificant. It's a little foxes that spoil the vine. Uh, as a present today my wife made every single person here today brownies to take home. Anybody want brownies? My wife's a great great baker, great cook. Everybody want brownies? There's just one little catch. It's just, it's just small. It's, it's not really, maybe I shouldn't even say it. I don't know, Gary, should I say it? I should say it. I'll send it. What are you, silly? She, she, took, she took just a little bit, just a little bit of the dog's poop and put it in the batter. Is that okay? You guys are cool with that, right? It's not a lot. It's not even, it's, it's not big. It's not significant. The chocolate outweighs the, schnike, the, the, the the. There's lots of batter in little poop. I know deep theologically, pff, wow. What did you learn today about in church? Sister Alyssa made brownies, and she put dog crap in them. Praise God. Can I say that from the pulpit? I don't really know. Anyways, you guys say worse in your car. I'm just kidding. It's just a little bit. The dog eats good food. Come on. Why would you be so self-righteous over your diet? It's just a little bit. Yet Jesus said a little leaven levels the whole lump because it's the little things that count. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.